Welcome to Stories from an Island. I'm Mark Borbus. In this fiction podcast, I read stories I've written in my ongoing attempt to make sense of the world around me. These are all works of fiction, so any resemblance to people alive or dead is purely coincidental. Thanks for taking the time to listen. This episode contains mature content. So if you're one of my kids, one of their friends, or easily offended, you should skip this one. Welcome to episode two. Today's story is a short one entitled, The Dirty Movie. Here we go. Have you guys ever watched a porno? Jason asked. As casually as a 12-year-old can ask that kind of question. Dustin and I paused our epic Star Wars battle. He held Chewbacca and Han Solo. I was choreographing Luke and a soon-to-be-dead stormtrooper. The blank looks on our faces should have told him everything he needed to know. I was 11 at the time and Dustin was 9, but we were both young for our ages, a side effect of a rural upbringing, limited television, and involved parents. Jason was visiting for the summer from somewhere outside Toronto. The town had a name, but what kid remembers those kind of details? He'd spied on us playing for three straight days. Actually, spying is the wrong word, as it implies stealth, camouflage, and subterfuge. Jason, on the other hand, would stand out in the open and stare at us for ten minutes at a time before sidling off to do something else. On the third day, while Dustin and I conducted our daily lightsaber training, we'd started with some light sparring using oak branches, Jason picked up a similar stick and started shadow fighting. His style was distinctly different. There were more spins and flourishes, but also an angry intensity. So we paused to watch. He continued parrying and thrusting, shoulder-checking periodically to make sure he still had our attention. His performance climaxed with a double-handed kill move. Then he stared at us again. This time we held his gaze with the awkward concentration that only kids can get away with. Adults would be labeled as murderous weirdos. Then we invited him to play with us. And from then on, he'd show up every day, multiple times a day. For a few days, it was refreshing to have a new friend to play with. Dusty and I, if I'm being honest, were in a bit of a rut. He was really into Masters of the Universe and wrestling. He'd watch the TV shows and then want to play out the battles. Faithfully. I was allowed to watch Airwolf on Thursdays and The Wonderful World of Disney on Sundays, and I'd watch Matlock and Murder, She Wrote with my grandparents. And sometimes, my grandfather would let me watch Jeopardy with him if I kept my mouth shut so he could concentrate. So Dustin and I didn't share a lot of pop culture. Star Wars was one common interest. We also played Army, because I'd sometimes sneak in a screening of a G.I. Joe episode at his house. I say sometimes because his mom would usually send me home during TV time. Was it because my mother asked her to? I'll never know. All of this is to say that Jason came along at an opportune time. He was older. He assumed a natural leadership role. It was freeing to play someone else's games. Granted, they were a little rougher, 
a little more real than ours. Casual contact was tolerated in lightsaber battles. He'd stop a kill strike an inch from your face. Right at that moment where you closed your eyes and possibly whimpered as you braced for impact. Still, no one wet their pants or ran home crying. He trained us on trap setting. We'd dig shallow pits and line them with sharp sticks and then vanish like ghouls into the forest. I have no idea what or who we were trying to trap. None of them were ever tripped. Well, except once, when Dusty stepped in one during a routine patrol. The trap worked, and then we had to help a lightly maimed soldier limp home. One hour, three push-pops later, we got him back with a stern warning from his mom. Poor kid's shin was covered in Smurf's band-aids. Before long, Dustin and I grew weary of the constant threat of danger. We were both sensitive kids, and Jason's play rattled us. So we started avoiding him. Our superior knowledge of the forest and riverbanks allowed us to rendezvous in places that he wouldn't find us. We'd take to the river and paddle between each other's houses on rafts. Then we could enter unseen through back doors. Jason's house was too far down river, around a point of land where the current picked up speed. Only the strongest adult canoeist in our neighborhood could get upriver around that point and into our bay. So Jason was confined to using land routes, and we held an important strategic advantage in our efforts to avoid him. He'd still find us eventually, though. We'd kind of half ignore him and continue playing whatever game we were playing, or we'd try to suddenly lose interest and stop the game when he tried to join in. He never really took the hint. He'd just start talking at us, usually a story about something cool his older brother did. Jason worshipped the guy. He was tough, suave, learned. Jason didn't so much as hang out with his 15-year-old brother and his brother's friends as he hid out close to them and watched until they inevitably found him and threw him out. And that's how 12-year-old Jason managed to watch part of a dirty movie in the late 80s, back when getting your hands on X-rated content took a lot more than a one-word Google search. Dusty and I stared back at Jason. He was always using words we didn't know. Words from the city. We must have stared at him blankly long enough that he decided to clarify. You know, where girls and guys are naked? The world tilted on its axis. I'd done a little light anatomy study in grade 5 sex ed at my Catholic school. You know, and I'd secretly hoped our French immersion teacher would show us her boobs. They looked pretty big through her sweater, and none of the girls in our class had much showing. Yet, sadly, we had to make do with black and white line drawings. And we began our study with the male anatomy, which, obviously, I had prior knowledge of. By the time we got to the female anatomy, all the nervous excitement had dissipated. We were talking science, not sex. There weren't even drawings of boobs, just exploded diagrams of the inner workings of the vagina and uterus. If you squinted, it looked like a goat's head. And that's why I asked the next question. 
Do you see their boobs? Oh, yeah, replied Jason, nodding his head with his eyes widening like saucers. He held his hands out, cupping them an unimaginable distance from his chest. Big ones. I looked over at Dusty. He was still setting up his figures. His mom had pretty big boobs, which he'd probably already seen, so this wasn't such a big deal to him. Or in retrospect, maybe because he was nine, he just didn't care. What do they do? I asked. They wrestle around a lot, on the floor, on couches, or on the bed, he explained. Now this caught Dusty's attention. He watched wrestling every chance he got and was always looking for new moves to recreate with 8-inch figures and a scale model wrestling ring. It was by far the stupidest toy he owned, in my opinion. The guys wrestle with the girls? Dusty asked with a confused expression. Not a great question, Dusty. So before Jason could answer, I redirected the line of questioning with an open-ender, fishing for narrative and detail. What's it like? Kind of boring, Jason replied. They just wrestle around for a while, and then every once in a while, one of them gets up and pours juice on her boobs. Dusty got his cross into the witness first, again. What kind of juice? He asked. We watched a flicker of doubt cross Jason's face. My brother said it's juice. He didn't say what kind. It kind of looked like orange juice, he ventured. We sat in silence, a flood of questions washing over us. And a terrible moment passed where we waited to see who would ask the next question. But nobody did. Because we didn't really want to know. Not yet. We wanted to finish our Star Wars battle. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.